0: Hey everyone, welcome to Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. And welcome back to my Breakpoint live where commentary series. So, where you're well, for tennis and more we're getting started here. I think it's worth to just take a few moments to reestablish what this is. It's a big moment re-establish what now. the parameters are, Incredible and drama. reestablish what this show is, We're and some of the uh, responses to the show it's that are out there. Tennis. So first, let's talk about I what the show the is. So special. this well, I'm is I'm Breakpoint, it is a Netflix be docu-series
1: be that, that. chronicles
0: I I do definitely the professional tennis I tours
1: and super close to my dream. players
0: have to sign up and I'm not going to be to profiled by the show and that definitely oh. skewed the coverage season. last season. For example, there was a French Open episode oh my God, but football, football. since Nadal was not an approved subject <laughs> so they had to tell yeah, the story of Rafa like winning hey, yeah, the, French, win open. Win the French Open. This is the 21 French Open. Or the twi- the 22 What's French there? Open, rather. Without Nadal the be being there for interviews. So that can create okay. issues, as I'm sure like you can imagine. You the first season Um, was released in two parts last year. It was five episodes in January of 23 that covered the first half of 22, and it was five episodes in the second half of 23 that covered the second half of 22. And now, allegedly, the entire second season has dropped as one batch here, but as I'm looking at it, I only see one, two, three, four, five, six episodes that are on the Netflix list for season two here, so I'm not sure how many episodes the second season is, or if they've gone back on their decision to drop the entire second season here today. It's January 10th, 2024, as I'm taping this. This first episode, you might hear pretty soon. Uh, after I'm done, pretty close to this date of the tenth, but the other ones you might not hear for a couple of weeks. It's nice every once in a while to have some content in the bag. And so this is what—that's what the show is: the seasons, the episodes, the sort of conceit of it all. Um, some of the reactions that I've seen to the show. Let's talk about that now. Well, and this kind of goes to the conclusions easy. that I drew myself if you go back and listen to the podcasts from last summer okay. it is not a show I should I should rephrase that the, series, the first Breakpoint season was not a, a show for the casual the tennis fan some of the biggest names in tennis. Um, because the information that it covered was so rudimentary that at a certain point it kind of wasted the time of of the hardcore fan.
2: And simultaneously
0: it was too,
3: um,
0: it was too obscure, that's not the word I'm looking for, it was too unapproachable, it was too inscrutable for the casual fan. So it existed in a weird nether region of not necessarily having an audience, in my opinion, and some of the press coverage of the series has echoed that sentiment. And it's a sentiment that I came to independently, and it's a sentiment that I agree with, and it's going to to be interesting to see whether or not they address it was like a the, whether or not the producers of the show address this material or address this criticism in the second season or whether they like don't and they just keep making the same show. The
3: first Grand Slam and
0: um, this episode here is covering the 2023 Australian Open. Right here we see one week before the Australian Open. This would have been about a year ago. There he is. And as usual, we start with Mr. Curios. He was the subject of the first episode of the whole series, and he's the subject of the first episode of this season here. Oh, no, that's pretty cool. And this is coming off the news just today that ESPN announced he's going to commentate the 2024 Australian Open.
2: 2022 was... And to think at the start of that year, I was almost contemplating not playing anymore and then had the best year of my career. It was insane. Bye, cutie. Bye-bye.
0: The most useful portions of the show are are these quotes that we get from the players, the direct sourced material.
2: Uh, It says we're three minutes away. Look at him, marching in. Good way to start a Friday night before getting cooked. Got Novak.
0: Cooked. <laughs>
2: Last year, I played the Wimbledon final for the first time.
3: Which Nick Kyrgios will we see today?
2: After that match, I think is when I felt the narrative changed. Seventh Wimbledon, a 21st Grand Slam. There's still a lot of disrespect, but I think I'm more embraced by the crowds everywhere I go. I just wish that you guys were filming some of the stuff that was happening after Wimbledon because the partying was insane. I'm not going to worry about warming up, Monique. I don't have enough time. No time? No, I'll, just, no I'll right. just get changed and we'll do it. No worries. I look back on from where I started, you know, and it's insane to me because I literally wasn't anything special. This year, I've still got a bit left to prove. You know, I would like to win a slam. And I still think that's possible. I got no warm up. Gotta go out there feeling it straight away. There he is. I was a little bit more nervous for Wimbledon. Yeah, thanks, brother. Shame the best of last. If I do win a Grand Slam, I have more chance to be at peace. Spoiler alert: He did not. Last time I did this um, walkout for women final, I had to change my pants. Come on, Nick, come and have a chat. Don't be shy, I'll come to you, mate. This is your house tonight. They call it an exhibition, but you're going to give them a bit tonight, aren't you? So, this is an exhibition between Djokovic and Kyrgios. I'm going lie, I haven't slept since. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. That's what we like to hear. Good luck, Nick. We'll see you out he there. Didn't Nick. Play, Kyrgios. No,
0: did no, he? I'm looking at I believe he did not. I'm looking that up right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, he withdrew due to Fair a knee up. injury. So, we'll, we'll get to the specific commentary in a second. But, um, okay, getting back to my introductory thoughts here. And I also hope the volume mix is okay. I've got it at under 50% right now. Oh, I know what I can do. Fucking I know what cool. I should do. I should adjust it on OBS. Oh. That's what I did last year. I put that at half volume. So there we go. That's a good fix. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it there. Alright, so my... My That's angle gone. into all of this. Um, so, last summer, in. You can in the summer, I major. did a... I'm podcast live commentary series to the but first 10 hours of this show. And um, um, it was an experience that I enjoyed, and I think the first one in particular got some pretty good downloads. For a while, I think it was in the top five most downloaded episodes of the podcast, but I'm not sure if that's been surpassed. I believe it has. Maybe it was a top 10 Anyway, Uh, but something that benefits me when I do these is, um, it's like a journal for me. Like my Argon Games um, YouTube gaming channel. If stuff gets views, great. And I might have started it with the intention of, or the hope of, getting a lot of views, but I'm two and a half years into doing that, and I'm under no illusions At this point about the future of that channel. I do do it just for me to catalog what I played, when I played it, how I played it, and how long I I played it for. And I think especially those videos where I'm playing a game for the first time and that is preserved forever in history, I think that's a really interesting snapshot in time, and I also think that's what this commentary track is. This is not a commentary track that I'm recording after I've seen the movie or the episode 25 times. This is basically like being at a watch party, or sitting on your couch watching something with your friend or your family, and you just make comments about it. And that is my goal for this. If people listen to it, great. If not, great. One problem that did arise with the the podcast series of this as it went on was I had less stuff to say the further the series went on. I tried to strike the appropriate balance between narrating what was on the screen, documenting it, Taking a television show and and describing it or adapting it to a
1: audio-only medium,
0: Um, and also well, also offering my comments on on what is being covered or going back and talking about a player's list of results. Um, But sometimes it might be dead air, like it was more in the later episodes of my first season series. Whatever I feel is to ride the appropriate. Roller
3: coaster with Arena. Um so
0: that is my goal with this. And um, now we're gonna start getting into the first episode here. So this is episode this is season two, episode one. So I'm just gonna call it episode eleven. Episode eleven, the curse. The 2023 Australian Open kicks off as Nick Kyrgios seeks payback, Arena Sabalenka pursues a dream, and players from last season exit the tournament early. So they're covering, I guess the the profiled players here are going to be Sabalenka and Kyrgios. And that was a structure or a conceit of season one as well, where each episode this would revolve around a certain player, a and that player's journey through players. a particular tournament, that there wasn't even an, uh, there wasn't like a player that they followed uh, all season, no it wasn't like it, it, it was a five amazing, episode arc about no Sabalenka.
1: Like, every year something unacceptable, not an except, ex, every year something unexpected happens. <laughs>
0: Um, lost my train of thought there watching that quote okay but um, right the conceit of the episodes they wouldn't follow Sabalenka for a five episode series they'd follow her for one episode and the next episode would be a completely unrelated player completely unrelated story completely different tournament so um, we'll see what the structure is here so now let's get into the uh, sort of documenting uh, function so here we got Sabalenka versus Martin Kova from the 2023 Aussie and obviously um, if you know spoiler alert Sabalenka would end up winning this tournament so you can see why she would be chosen as the main subject for this. Yeah so and this will also double as prep for this year's Australian Open. Um, Oh, the curse! Yes, yes, they're talking about that. I didn't even make that connection. Oh, I love that. So the yeah, so the episode here is called no, the curse. Right, we'll and there me. was a meme on tennis Twitter last year throughout the season where they would highlight um, a bunch of players that were in the first season of this show about how they didn't really have good seasons in 23. And um, looks like uh, the show has decided to play up that angle here by titling this episode "The Curse."
1: Right now, I have so much fear that it will never be the same.
0: So, if we go back to the twenty twenty three, the twenty twenty three Australian. All right, just to recap that for the people in the audience, just a little Djokovic won it. over Tsitsipas
3: Djokovic, Tommy Paul and Karen
0: Hatchinov made the semis Shelton, Rublev, Yuri Lehechka and Seb Korda made the quarters Rafa lost early to Mackenzie McDonald had his injury worry there Sabalenka beat Rybakkena in the women's it's final, victory. 4-6, 6-3, 6-4. Oh yeah, later. the five-hour match. Oh no, the, the Berrettini match. Yeah, that's the what they're talking about here.
2: Way.
0: I did a podcast about that match.
2: Where I to be tough.
0: So here's the Berrettini-Murray uh, match last year. That went five long sets. Finds himself with three match points. Showing tennis in these documentaries is tough. <laughs> Trying to make a point exciting a year after it happens. The who so in the, past. the angle he- the angle here is that Berrettini was on the show and now he's having a tough time. didn't
1: even start the tournament. They all pulled out with injuries ahead of it, and then Matteo Berrettini lost to Andy Murray.
0: Four of the people that were featured on Netflix Breakpoint are already out of the Australian Open.
1: And the second seed is in big trouble. Narvan uh, on the brink of a big upset.
0: All right, so now we're not seeing something too interesting. Okay. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about, like, a show like this. They're playing clips of people... Right now, on the Netflix episode that I'm watching, they are playing clips of people on social media, like me, reacting to the Netflix show. Bedosa, Tomlanovich, Kyrios, this Netflix curse is real, huh? OMFG, the Netflix curse is actually real. So, let's talk about that. Is that good television? So, we have a show that is using fan reaction to the show to generate an episode of the show. This sort of circular quotation mechanic that's happening. Is that good? Is that intriguing?
1: I'll see over there.
0: And honestly, I'm I'm sorta already running out of things to say. I don't know. Like this, how long has this episode been going for? How long and so I'm we're over eighteen minutes into it, and really, nothing notable really has happened yet.
3: All Instagram post TikTok bullshit. She's an emotional person. My job is... Sabalanka,
0: they're talking about.
1: <laughs> I
3: mean, if I start talking too fast, just let me know. Oh, I'll okay. get excited. it's nice and calm here.
0: Sabalenka on a field, stretching.
3: Use that extra time for some sprints or something.
1: Alright Jason, you know what? <laughs>
3: Like Sabalanga <laughs> like flipping a couple off her of coach, playfully. Everyone play. talking about Arena, she was doing great, she was number two, but the one place where she's always struggled to perform was Grand Slams. It's the only thing she cared about. Close your eyes. Hey! It worked! Jesus. She's in rice. <laughs> her goal is to win a slam. There's already a lot of expectation. How was that? So, she needs to learn how to just turn that volume down and just keep that focus. Simple as that. Yeah, you thought that? <laughs>
1: Talk about the Netflix curse uh, from the people uh, who participated in um, uh, season one. Is it anything that concerns concern you? Netflix curse, I've never heard that. You know, if you let these thoughts and this energy affect you, then it's when bad luck comes. This is
0: Zachary here.
1: What is this <laughs>
0: Again, if I you're don't one know of the how I feel who about was that. was in angle season that. one,
1: and all of a sudden all the others are losing, and then everyone's in your ear about the Netflix curse, Netflix curse, Netflix curse. It, 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 it could subconsciously get into your head.
3: We're expecting a good match here tonight. Zachary the
0: favorite.
1: She was always someone who struggled with the mental side of the game. Nice one.
0: Yeah. So, well, they're talking about Zero this. Lane. You gotta say something, right?
3: Eighty-seven in the world. So let's turn that down,
0: and let's talk about Maria Zachary's season, right? Because that's what that's I said I would do in one of these moments. The so is. let's do that. Let's pull it a up on the WTA website here.
1: Don't stop it. I'm gonna so I'm on
0: January gonna 10th, now. here she's currently ranked eighth. She's 28 years old now. Let's go back through her twenty twenty three activity. No,
1: can I ask? Can I can I ask? So Would you like me to say it. No,
0: oh, it's it's fine. I'm Blake Serena Williams uh, two so point she So she didn't even nah,
1: oh no, ridiculous. that's not right. Stay away from that forehand.
0: Went three and one in the United Cup, but lost in the third round of Australia to Lin Zhu 6-4 in the third Um, semis of Indian Wells which was good first round Miami semis of Madrid lost early in Rome and Roland Garros and first round Wimbledon lost early in canada lost early in cincinnati first round u.s open
3: uh, quarters of
0: beijing the one thousand there and lost and went 0-3 in the group stage in cancun so not much to speak of but she's hanging on to that number eight ranking by the virtue of doing well in some of the smaller tournaments nothing like this ever.
3: Player after player, eliminated before the second week in Melbourne.
0: Netflix show jinxed me? the top this players. Point yeah, I think this is angle's kind of bullshit made. myself.
2: Netflix insists that this is just a coincidence and that there's nothing nefarious at play. But all of the people, barring one who've appeared on the series, have now crashed out of the odds Open. Ah! Come on, come on.
1: Advantage,
0: Sabalenka. Slow-motion footage point. of Sabalenka serving. Like, uh, like, like, I don't know, man. Is this good? I don't know. I mean, I I really am already running into the problem of not having anything to say for these. And that's a reflection of the material that I'm watching. If there was something interesting, I would say it. Or I would have a reaction to it. So, what am I going to fill the rest of this time with if nothing comes on the screen that's interesting to me?
1: I mean... I have no idea how I'm going to pack it going back home.
0: Sabalenka's suitcase. It's
1: going to be a trouble. (laughs) And, you know, this this book, uh, my team present to me, you know. Why are we the way we are? Are you serious? (laughs) I don't know, maybe because I really want to do well in tennis. Oh, wow. If I feel and this that is something performative is ongoing, by nature, right? Way or Sabalenka wrong, has appeared um, on the show enough. I start to getting really
0: crazy. And I've heard her speak really? in trophy ceremonies back. enough. She is a very performative player. What you're seeing on camera oh, from Sabalenka, it can't be the way she actually is, because in public, over and over again, she just kind of jokes about so, stuff. She tries try to try try smile and laugh it off. She plays up the language barrier to laugh off tough questions. She... She's not honest when she's in these situations. And obviously last year she had the whole thing with the Ukraine stuff and the not doing the press conferences, which I addressed on previous episodes of this live commentary series. But why?
1: it's
0: It's not a true...
1: Day 10
0: of ...reaction the from the players that are profiled here. So, like, I'm sitting in my house right now, right? And if, if I'm just sitting in here all alone, then your personality is in what you might call its natural state. But if a camera crew came in and was with me in my house, it just changes the way that you act. It just <laughs> well, does. It is not, in that that moment, you're not operating in your natural state because you've knowingly signed the forms and you're knowingly having these people here. The only way that you could really get a true reaction is if it was stealth cameras or cameras that were there without your consent or cameras that you were unaware of that were there anyway.
1: I'm the god of this game. But you try to erase that thought and... Start focusing on your own game.
2: Yeah,
0: so now they're going to cover Sabalenka versus Lynette, the semifinal from last year. And for a while, uh, Sabalenka had a stat where she was like 1-5 or 1-6 in in Grand Slam semis. And the 1 was this win against Magda Lynette arena which she did not play her best but she got through it
2: how was she gonna hold up under the gauntlet of pressure
0: but the only reason she did was because she was playing Magda Lynette and she was she's kind of a choke box in these uh, semi-final situations
3: feels very much like the last gasp for Sabalenka
0: and even you know getting through the Madison Keys match last year she was almost out of there in that one this is the U.S. Open 21.
1: And, uh, after a few months, I lost my father, and I couldn't stop thinking about that. Oh,
3: Agony from Sabalenka.
1: I really wanted to win the slam for him, just to put our family name in the history. But I. Still so many thoughts going through your mind on that court. Like I have to win every point, I have to win this slam. Thinking too much about it.
3: Semis of a major and all three losing in the third set, and this time twice with the lead. That is a complete gut check.
1: That's
3: Serve. I believe that's the quickest of the night as well for Sabalenka.
0: Now we're back to the Lynette semi final match.
1: When I lost my father, I lost this belief in myself. But now it's a new beginning for me.
3: Oh, yeah. Why?
2: It's
3: not time to be excited yet. To be mindful when you're saying those kind of things. Yeah. I know it's like you weren't even talking to her, but she can hear you say, oh, I'm not going to sleep tonight, and saying those kind of things. She hears that. Yeah. And, they, like, her subconscious kind of takes that up as well, like, oh, yeah, it's going to be hard to sleep tonight, so just we don't let her hear that. You know what I mean? Okay, Fair. There's still a long way to go, but this is something she wants more than anything, like, more than you can understand how much she wants this. Understand? Mm. You know she's right there. So what we need to do is just keep everything as is. Just
2: stay.
3: My man. Good job. Appreciate it. When we want something so bad, nothing else matters.
0: This is one of her team members. This this is good stuff. Like
3: this fear of losing everything. You're in that state. There's all these voices in your head, right? There's all that resistance just trying to get you to stop, and or the pain, the discomfort, the fear. It's just trying to like stop you no matter what. Now, uh, yes, so there's legs up, we'll do the 10 inhale holds. So we started working on her breathing. Now just to recharge your ass. Wow. I know it's crazy.
1: something new.
3: Well, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? <laughs> because breath control is emotional control. If you can just take a second, you lower your heart rate by how you're breathing, think more clearly, make better decisions. So the... Last breathing, you have to take the shoes. You put them here. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) That'll get you fired up and ready to go. Or you're gonna pass out one of the
1: two.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Irina needs to learn how to take control.
1: Do I look like father or mother? We have the same nose, if you <laughs> see, <laughs> Sam smile. looking
0: at baby pictures of herself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know, what about this picture of me? That's me on court when something is going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, I could be one of those players who stay calm, stay consistent. But tennis, for me, it's so emotional. No, look at this one. <laughs> I don't want to be that little kid crying and screaming on the court. Not p- anymore.
0: She often is that, though.
1: I'm really afraid that the same shit will happen this year that happened last year. Uh, but you already fixed it. Yeah, but what if, like come back? Well then?
2: Then we go again.
1: Moving on you you, you go again. Uh, thank you for a nice support.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Just relax and enjoy the tennis. That's it.
1: I mean I will enjoy tennis only when I win the Grand Slam. I don't have a Grand Slam yet, so
2: you will win.
0: Final
3: It's a wonderful day here in Melbourne, and it is the women's singles final here at the Australian Open. Sabalenka hasn't dropped a set-all tournament. Up against Elena Rybakina.
2: Rybakina is an immense talent. There's no doubt about it. It's not her first rodeo. But well,
3: there she is, a new
1: name, a new champion, Elena Rybakina. I
0: think I'm going to be wrong on my Rybakina One Slam Wonder prediction eventually. I was impressed last year about how she finished in the top few spots in the game, despite not winning one. A major. And it doesn't feel like she's leaving that spot, so perhaps I was wrong in my 2022 hot takes. But I'm still right to this point.
1: Going through her final preparations, she looks so relaxed ahead of her first
0: ever Grand Slam final. Just moments away from the biggest match of her career. So this is Sabalenka backstage before the final. Rabakina is not how you say her name, by the way. I've talked about that before. I always screw up Sakari's name, but I never screw up Rubakina's name. All right, still getting ready for that final. Any minute now.
1: Big, you know. So so My family had to sacrifice a lot for me to be here. Finally, yeah, for the these match recaps, I'm not sure how much I'm
0: gonna have to say. So, like we all know what happened, right? Like, Sabalenka wins in three sets. Everybody knows that. Who could not know that? The people that don't know that are not watching this show for a three-minute recap of a match that just happened in the last year. It's not like it's twenty years ago and you can do a retrospective on it. In hardcores. Okay, the angle here is going to be she overcame a first point double fault to win the match. Like who cares? And a wonderful response. Yeah, my uh, reaction yeah, to this is not good. favorable. Also, they featured Kyrgios heavily in the promotional material, and he was it out of this episode good. five minutes into it. What does that tell you? Uh, okay, so I'm I'm even gonna take the headphones off here, and I'm just gonna talk into the empty air here while this is playing on my computer. What is the point of all these sports shows? Have we hit the point of saturation? Like, so I don't watch Formula One because of Drive to Survive. I don't watch tennis because of Breakpoint. I don't really watch any of these shows. I mean at some point like it feels like the it feels like the sports documentary craze perhaps crested with the last dance. And the last dance was four years ago now. How appealing, truly, is the sports documentary live recap show like this kind of show? I haven't seen Drive to Survive. It's got to be more interesting than this show, right? Even though I believe it's the same production company. Like, the, the sport... The sports are not designed to be covered by, like, by these shows. I feel like the only thing you're getting here, you're getting quotes from players and you're getting quotes from analysts. And these are things that you don't need Netflix for. And these are things you don't need Netflix for a year after it happens. The best quotes and analysis from players comes from press conferences and television broadcasts of the matches, Right? So I I, I don't know if I even agree with the whole operating premise of this whole genre of show. uh, I think there could be oversaturation in the sports space and I think think there's oversaturation in the Netflix space generally and the streaming world generally. How many shows really can a person be expected to watch? What is their goal for this show? The production company's goal. What is Netflix's goal for this show? What is our goal for this show? Why am I watching this? As a yourself. hardcore tennis fan, why am I watching this? You know, what can this offer this me game, that I haven't got elsewhere?
1: Have go
0: right now, it's it's just repackaging stuff that I already know, and that's kind of bullshit. Breakpoint,
1: Rebika, without any fear, you know.
0: But, like, okay, so let's turn it around, right? Let's operate under the premise that this show is being designed for the casual fan. Somebody who has Netflix because of Stranger Things or whatever. They have Netflix for the drama shows. And let's say this pops up this week on their recommended feed under new releases. What would it take for a Stranger Things fan that knows nothing about sports to click on this show, (sighs) would it take a misclick? What possible motivation would there be for the non-tennis viewer to select this show even when it's presented to them on a plate, like on the front page of Netflix? Okay, I I was being kind of facetious in asking that question, but what would the answer be? Would it be they saw a headline about Coco Gauff on ESPN.com and they decided to click the breakpoint image because of that? Could it be they saw the, the, the Nick Kyrgios image and clicked on it because of that? Those are the only reasons I can think of. But then I would say, are those reasons strong enough to get him to click? And I don't think they are i think i think the tennis world overstates the value of nick kyrgios and guys like him i i, I certainly think golf is more marketable than kyrgios is in the states i think i mean and like she's winning the tournament and she's going through all that stuff but we know that already man I don't need to see this again. I saw it already. In the middle of the night, the moment it happened. So, I think production executives think that Curios is like some kind of panacea that will all of a sudden make every sports bar in America turn to tennis because Nick Curios is on there. But, 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 but... I mean, and a guy like Kyrios, he certainly has made the rounds at shows like PTI and Around the Horn. Like those people have covered him, but are we really expecting a two-minute segment on Around the Horn from five years ago to drive tennis content now through that through Kyrios? Are we really expecting that? How much? How many people are going to do it because of that? And I argue not many. So I think the things that people, the, the the hooks that tennis executives use for some of this content, like making Kyrgios the face of ESPN's Australian Open coverage, like having a show on Netflix, I think it brings in less people than they think it does. That's what I think.
1: My mom, she was crying saying that her dad would be super
0: proud of you. And if you're out and if your outreach to casual fans is not working, then basically you're not having outreach to casual fans and the the reach of your sport is not growing and long term that can pr- that can provide or that can present many complications. So the first issue was getting them to click on the show, right? So once they watch the show, for the completely uninitiated, um, what would they need to go from watching the show to watching the matches? And the episode's almost over here, so maybe I'll save that for a future episode if I do them. But um, it's interesting. Like I don't think I don't think this is a good show. I cannot recommend this show. I just can't. I think when I left off at the end of the previous season, I was kind of milk toast on the whole thing. But like this particular episode, I would not recommend it. There's nothing new in here.
1: What fucking Netflix costs. The youngsters are coming for you. I love it. They want to get And that's it. And now
0: we're already into the preview of the season, the preview of the next episode, whatever.
1: doing... Anything I mean, they've the got, got a lot of.
0: So, done. I, I no asked a question at the beginning of this segment. Have they addressed the changes? Have they overhauled the show? No, they haven't overhauled the show one iota. If anything, the flaws are now more exacerbated than they were before.
1: So, that's quite unfortunate.
2: Now, this young generation comes. Alright.
0: Okay, that's that. Credit. We are seeing the credits now. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Yep, it's unfortunate. I only see six episodes here. Um. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how much longer I can continue with this. I mean, like... I feel an obligation to watch them because I do a podcast that has a series of this stuff in there. I don't feel obligated to watch it because I want to watch it, and I'm trying to eliminate those situations in my life where I'm doing stuff for the sake of doing it, rather than doing it for the sake of enjoying it. So yeah, we'll see. But yeah, Breakpoint Episode 11, don't recommend it. Alright, see ya.